We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, share lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls. We are so pumped to be recording and being here. Always. It's been so much fun to be back. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but I just am really enjoying it. But you really mean it, yes. I'm really enjoying it. I'm just, I love it. I love it. It's just so great. I do too. I do too. Before we get started, we want to give a shout out to Kaylee. Cheers, Kaylee. (gasps) Thank you so much for buying us a glass of love and supporting our show. We really, really appreciate it. So well, and cheers to Kaylee. Cheers Cheers to to Kaylee. And then I'll say that. So for those of you who don't know, um, you can, there's plenty of ways to support us on this show. And we absolutely love doing this. We love the community that uh, has just grown from this show. We love it, but we want to keep doing it. And so one of the best ways to support us um, first is just subscribing on all of your platforms and leaving us a a review. So rating it, liking it, and reviewing. Those are some of the simplest, easiest ways Mm -hmm. to support the show, but it means so much and it helps push us into these uh, places where people can search us and find Find us. us, As you know, Anything that has to do with firearms these days just doesn't really seem to get as much attraction as as maybe they're some other. They're trying to hold us yeah, back. Yeah, they're trying to hold us back, but they can't if you guys are supporting us. So we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But then also, M, tell them about our You can also and uh, support our show by buying uh, Amy and I a cup of coffee or a glass of bubbly, some vooves. So you can head to our website, notyouraveragegungirls.com. And there's a place for you to support our show. You know, the Amy, you know, was talking about, you know, the, the liking and the subscribing, which is awesome. We truly, really love and need that, but also, you know, buying us a cup of coffee, one fuels us to keep going, but also helps to keep the machine running That's right. and letting us to continue to, to do this, um, for you. Cause we truly do love it. So thank you so much for your support. I know that, you know, we will continually say that and we truly, truly mean it and we just can't say it enough. So yes. thank you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. And thank you, Kaylee. Yes. Thank you. Um, also this week, let's see, we've got what we're counting down. We've got, I don't know, not too much longer till we head to YWLS. I am so excited for Turning Point's Young Women's Leadership Summit. Yes. One of my favorite events to go to um, every year, really. I mean, I look forward to, I look forward to that one. I look forward to SAS Mm -hmm. and I didn't get to make the America Fest last year, but YWLS. YWS is just, yeah, it's, it's always been my favorite. I think it, what's so great about it is we get to see like all the younger, uh, women, uh, come and just support and like they meet each other. It's like-minded women. They're all there for the same just purpose and cause of, of wanting to support America, support each other. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that we have organizations like this that are putting events like this like this together because it's, it's just so great. And it's not just for, you know, I think a lot of times when we share it, you know, I get messages like, Oh, but you know, I'm not young enough to go, but actually turning point does open up and have tickets available for adults. And so there's always 
I don't think we've ever been where it's only just been no young like kids. I it's, mean, when I first started going to YWLS, it was, yes, it was but pretty it was also young. very small. Then. It's very small. It has definitely <laughs> yeah. grown and gotten. We were so in the big. hallway of yes, a small oh hotel. Gosh. I remember the very first, uh, the very first one I went to, and we had a booth. It was actually like. A small table with like a easel and a photo of like yes, the Alexa logo. I do remember that. <laughs> and like a mannequin. Uh yeah. So it's gonna be fun. And you know, we're gonna have some fantastic we're gonna try to get as many guests on yeah, this show as possible, which are some of your favorite influencers that probably a lot of you follow uh in, in the conservative space. So uh just keep an eye out for that because we're I I love having them on. We're just gonna filter them through and get yeah, as many on as do, we possibly do can. Do what we can and we're gonna be bringing not your average gun girls to IWS and so you can always, you know, head to turningpointusa.com, I believe is their website. If you want more information about it, you can also head to obviously their um, social media, Instagram page to find out more and get tickets and all that good stuff. Yep. But today we have a great guest. We've got Megan. She is a law enforcement wife. She's raising two young daughters to be safe, confident, and self-reliant. She's got a great message about, you know, how to raise your kids today in this world and how to get them prepared. So, you know what? I, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So let's jump right in. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We are excited to have Megan with us. So I think we've known Megan, I want to say for a while, like through <laughs> the years of social media, she's been one of those amazing supporters of both of our brands yep. and the show from like the beginning. Yeah. I, I feel like you're, the early, uh, you're OG early days of just like the <laughs> people that for her that says OG, like <laughs> yes, OG group girl with us. Right, we need a better name for, <laughs> we need a better name for this. But just like one of those, um, I feel like original readers and listeners, but also that have become like friends that we, you know, Megan and I, we text outside of social media. And it's just one of those things that's like what I think we've talked about before, what we love about social media is that, and this community is that there's so many women in this community that you can connect with through social media by sharing, you know, something as simple as like your love for America or your love for self-reliance, things like that. And then you find out that there are women out there who share those same mm -hmm. views. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're having conversations in your DMs, you're texting, you're like, when are we actually going to finally like meet in person, which we still need to do. Say, wait, have you guys yeah. met in person? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I've been trying to <laughs> convince her to come to YWLS, but um, I know maybe when your, your uh, daughters get older, which would yeah. be great for them, which is kind of yeah, why we wanted to talk to you today mm -hmm. is because you got two young girls that you've been raising and not just raising you know, doing the normal mom things, but like wanting to raise them and prepare them for, you know, being self-reliant and for the things that could potentially happen and the things that we always talk about, mm -hmm. about wanting to be proactive about our safety, you know, and I think it's so important that, you know, when we become adults, like it's easy to start thinking about those things. Yeah. But, and we've mentioned, or you've mentioned in previous episodes too, just talking about, you know, with your daughter, how do you even begin those conversations? How do you even start, you know, getting that into their mindset so they're not like, I would think like that's kind of a scary conversation because of course they're right. learning and you don't want to. You don't want to freak them out. Right. You don't want to make them paranoid to walk out of their door. So yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm just like ready to jump into this and hear what you have to say because I, I, 
I haven't had these conversations yet with my daughter. I mean, she's nine months old. Right. But uh, I guess before, though, I don't want to jump on anyone here um, talking, but like before we get into that, I, I want to know a little bit more about just how did you even, you know, get into wanting to think about your own personal yeah. safety or getting into this lifestyle and caring? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I never really thought about it, even though. I had experienced crime and trauma and things like that, like throughout my life. But even that, it was like, well, I survived that mugging. It's fine. I don't need to Wait, take a self-defense class. Or you like, survived a <laughs> like you, you actually survived a mugging. Yeah. So when I was in college, um, the town I went to college in had this, that County had the worst meth problem, like on the West coast in the, in this is like late nineties, early two thousands. And so there was this massive population of methed out homeless people and they were super aggressive. And so I actually got mugged twice. Oh my gosh. And had my apartment broken what? into while I was at home. So, uh, what, yeah. what age were <laughs> got, you during this? Did you, I was, you know, 19, okay. 20, probably 21. Okay. And, um, okay, hold on. I'm kind of like mind blown right now that you're just <laughs> passing over and spending. I feel like, yeah, she's just like, oh yeah, I got mugged and then mugged um, twice house and broken house into. broken into. And so, okay. Like, can, can we go back really fast to, I'm, I'm fascinated by this like mugging. I mean, when this happened, did you, what were they wanting? What, what were they looking for? What, um, money mostly. So Were they armed? Um, no. Okay. It was an organ. So, <laughs> so at least the criminals weren't <laughs> armed either. <laughs> I mean, it's it. not funny, but so, you know, I consider yeah, yeah. considering and lucky for you. So, okay. So they basically just used what, like physical force or physical threats and yeah. said, Hey, give me the money or else. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in that situation, I would just give them the money. I think, yes. Like, Is that what you did? Did you just give them the money? No, I was not. I did not make good choices <laughs> when I was younger. And I, I had a temper. I have, I have four brothers. Like, I thought that I could take on the world. And I had actually, I had previously been in an abusive relationship. And so, like, I've, I've, I've been in some fights. And I just thought I was tougher than everybody. So, um, the first time I was taking like a hundred dollars and you know, when you're in college and you don't have a job yet, a hundred dollars yeah. is yeah. a huge deal. My dad had sent me a hundred dollars and I was taking it to the bank and like an idiot, I'm walking down the street towards the bank, signing the check, carrying this check around in my hand, like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> And this guy just tackled me out of nowhere <gasps> wow. and tried to snatch this check out of my hand. And luckily a lot of other people saw him. I mean, but we, we tussled, but I got my check back and I was able to put it in my bank. And, but like, I didn't learn anything from any of those <laughs> situations. Like, were you more, like, did it change just like you being going, like just being living your daily life? Were you more scared? Were you more like anything or were you just like, okay, whatever, neck, keep on going? Yeah, it was just, 
a normal day, I guess. But so if we, so we back way up. I, my parents have been divorced my whole life. Um, they lived in two separate States. So my mom kind of put some situational awareness into me because I was flying between those two States by myself at four years oh, old. Wow. And so it was constantly the what if game on the way to the airport. Like, what if, you know, what if somebody tries to grab you? What if this happens? What if this happens? Who do you go for, for help? And so I'm, I feel like I'm an observant person, but back then, like looking back, I just made really dumb choices as far as my actual behavior. Sure. That's interesting. You know, so. I, do they still let kids at that age fly by themselves? I don't even know if, if, well, cause I used, I flew, I think five years old was the youngest I was when I flew me and my sister, like by ourselves to meet our parents yeah. in California. And back then though, like my brother and I flew as well and they like, they could like walk you to your seat on the That's plane yeah. and then like leave you yeah. and then go on their way. That's true. And then whoever was meeting you right, would meet be you right, right at there. the gate. Yeah, that's that's true. And I, I yeah. do actually remember that, that one time that we did that. We were flying to Disneyland, meeting my parents there, and my aunt was watching us. And my aunt, would, we role played. We literally did a role play to where my aunt, I will never forget, she even acted. She was like, you listen to me, even if I'm the sweet old lady. Walking down the airport, <laughs> she was, you know, walking like the old lady. She's like, you don't talk to me. <laughs> you don't say hi. I mean, like, we we would role play those situations. So is that something that you would do, too, to prepare you for those flights? Yeah. And, you know, also just, especially now being a mom, like, you're going to let your kid go to a whole other state for the whole three months of the summer. And so she just wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, I was going to hopefully make good choices. Sure. Right. So then the break moving so. to the breaking into your home, you said you were home when this happened. Yeah. So luckily I guess the guy was super on drugs. Um, but so he, it's not like he was a bodybuilder. I mean, he was still stronger than me. I got my butt kicked, but I made enough noise that my neighbors oh could my hear gosh. us and called the cops. And so everything was fine. Um, but it just, so I just locked my doors more often. I mean, but that was, I don't know. It just, like I said, it just didn't occur to me. I just figured everything always has turned out fine. Everything will turn out fine. I'll be so fine. So when, when the mind shift, it, when did you actually so, start thinking, I might need to take this a little bit more serious? Um, so then I started dating my now husband who is in law enforcement. And <clears throat> I remember looking at him actually a couple months before the movie theater shooting in Colorado. And I was like, really, you're taking your gun to the movies? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And he gave me a whole talk about it. And then like a month or two later that happened. And he was like, do you see now? And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. And so just, and I had always been around guns. That was not like, I wasn't afraid of them or anything. I owned a gun when I met him and went to the gun club with my dad. And so none of that really freaked me out, but just being in a relationship with someone who was carrying all the time changes your mindset mm -hmm. automatically. And then once we had 
our second daughter, he was like, I really feel strongly that you need to get your concealed carry because yes, I will always protect you, but I'm not always going to be with you. I'm at work. You're in charge of these kids 99% of the time. So, um, he set that all up and, um, got my concealed carry. And then of course that just kind of goes hand in hand with being situationally aware, which he is huge on. And so you're having a concealed carry isn't the be all end all. You also have to be aware of your surroundings. And so that just, I feel like once you just put a toe over the edge of situational awareness. You're down the rabbit hole and you don't have a choice. Right. Because it just kind of opens up a whole nother, I mean, a whole nother world and just realizing like that this truly is a, a lifestyle that you have to be ready to, to adopt and kind of go all in on because it's just not enough to put your phone down. You've got to start thinking about, well, okay, so what if I am aware? What if I do see something? What's next? Those types of things. So when you guys were, were, um, or dating or or, or early on in your marriage, when he was talking to you about, you know, getting your concealed carry and, and looking into getting, um, you know, your own firearm to protect your kids, were there things that he was telling you or helping you through just in terms of trying to get you into that mindset more? Like, were you guys as a couple having those types of conversations or was it more just as the protector, you know, of our daughters, I want you to be able to to carry and things like that? Because I feel like there's a lot of couples in relationships where the husband or, or boyfriend, partner, whatever, has a gun like, and then encourages the wife, you know, like, hey, you should get a gun too, without really... I mean, he told you that he, why he wanted you to, but I feel like there's a lot of situations where it's like, oh, well, my husband has one, so I got one too. Um, kind of in between. Like, he is, um, he's the training officer for his district, so he's really good at teaching people those things, and he's big on how people react, you know, and. So he would, he doesn't offer me a lot of unsolicited Mm -hmm. advice, but if I go to him and ask him, what would you do in this situation? Hmm. Then he would tell me. So we, I mean, I kind of have to be proactive because he doesn't want to boss me around because that gets to a weird place. (laughs) But, um, I actually, he is my preferred trainer and that takes, you know, having your husband train you is a weird thing, but I just try to stay totally humble and not try to make him think I'm cool or anything. (laughs) But, um, so he's, he's helped me a lot as far as going through, you know, individual situations. What would you do if you had to run into the post office? Do you leave the kids in the Hmm. car? Do you bring them with you? Do you, you know, and just having him, do you leave them in the car or do you take them with you? Now that they're bigger, especially I just leave them in the truck and I lock it. And I run in and check my PO box and then run back out. If I have a package or something and I'm going to go have to stand in line, I'll usually bring them in with me. But he was like, if you can see them, you know, that's a different thing, depending on the weather, depending on the neighborhood that you're in, you know, like so many factors. But so, yeah. Yeah. And we joke that I have him in my head all the time. Like, what would, what would he do? And I try to. But I think that's so important because that's the whole you know, that's what we talk about. And I think that's what people don't understand is it's like, it's getting into that mindset of starting to think about those situations because it's those situations that you don't want to get into. But, you know, if you're like, oh man, 
what would I do if X, Y, Z happened? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't actually know. And then I feel like those are, yeah. those are, those are the questions that people need to be asking themselves to start kind of moving them forward to that. Yeah. I, I do need to think about my personal safety. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. And it's not so much like, you know, the, the life altering crazy threat of like, someone's going to ax murder is going to come after me, but it's just like the small little things of, you know, mm-hmm. there's this random guy that's walking by me who's, you know, tweaking out and like being really aggressive to people. What would I do if he's aggressive to me? And it's just, I just think I love those conversations that you two are having. And I, and I think that's another thing that we are so passionate about is normalizing this type of thought, yeah. thought, and normalizing the conversations amongst women because we're not talking about that enough. Mm-hmm. Well, and normalizing it with your children. I mean, because how old were your girls when I guess they first realized that mommy carries a firearm and daddy carries a firearm? Do you remember how old they were and did they start asking questions about it ever? So because my husband's in law enforcement, that's, you know, a huge part of our life. And the youngest, they were six months old and like, what, a two when I got my concealed carry. So I don't know that they remember a time when mm-hmm. I wasn't carrying. And, um, it's just been a, a conversation in our house. We think of it, you know, so many people get freaked out about active shooter drills at school, but they have fire drills sure. at school. And when was the last time anybody burned to death mm-hmm. in a school? You know, so we, we do fire drills at our house. We talk about where are you going to, what are you going to do if the fire alarm goes off in our house? So we talk about why we carry guns. We talk about, they know that there are bad guys in the world because they, that's their first question every single day. Daddy, where was the bad guy Mm -hmm. hiding today? And, and they know that because daddy is a police officer, we might encounter a bad guy more readily, Mm -hmm. I guess, than, you know, their friend whose dad works at a bank or, well, that's a terrible example, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, (laughs) you know, that is a dentist or something. I mean, they know they're very aware of that. And it just kind of has always been part of Mm -hmm. our conversation. Just like, you know, hold my hand before we cross the street. You're going to look both ways. You have to hold my hand. And, um, Amy, you'll probably find as your kids get bigger, when you carry appendix and you have little kids and they come up to hug you, they'll smack their face. Oh my gosh. And trying to train them to not go, Oh mom, I hit my face on your gun at like oh swimming gosh, or gymnastics. I'm sorry, but that is hilarious. <laughs> that is very funny. I, I haven't encountered that yet. So that I'm, I'm going to be more aware of that. I would, yet. I would funny. die mm-hmm. if I heard a kid Well, they definitely, they, they definitely know. I mean, I make it a point to start. I mean, it's awkward to, it's very forced right now to have these conversations with my kids. But I intentionally, when we come home from runs, I, you know, take my firearm out very safely. I I put it in a safe place and I, I make them watch me do it. I'm like, mommy was carrying her self-defense tool with her today so that I could protect you if anything happened. They don't care. They run off and they're literally, they have no clue what I'm talking about, nor do they care. But I feel like the more, 
I start making this a comfortable conversation and a normal conversation, then when they get to that age, when they are curious about it, it's already in their head that this is a protection tool. Yeah. This is what mom, mommy carries us. Mm -hmm. Mommy's going to keep us safe, you know? Yeah. And I hope that that makes it easier. You know, I, I don't know if you have any tips or tricks of something that you did to have these conversations with your, your girls, but do you remember ever like a specific time when you started talking to them about that? So, you know, I bought Julie Golub's yes. book and that has helped a lot. That's a great book. Cause it's, um, it's for kids and, but it just kind of opens that conversation and we have those conversations a lot. You know, they'll, they know, like you said, it's just mm -hmm. normalizing it. Like they know that this is something that their parents carry and they each actually have their own little, like 22 rifles that my husband has taken them out to the range. And so they know what that feels like They're They don't love it. They're not, it's so mundane to them that it's not going to be something that they're going to want to go look at yeah, when we're right. not home. Cause they know that we'll answer any questions they have. It's not off topic. It's not taboo. It's just part mm -hmm. of our life. And it's just, it is what it is. And they know they're not to touch it. And they understand why we're very pragmatic about it, about, you know, you could kill somebody and they may not totally understand what that means, but it just, you, it snowballs sure. as they get older, you know, and you just keep, like I said, I think the most important part of it is that it's not some secret fascinating thing. It just is yeah. boring to them at this point. Cause it's just but always tell me been. some of these fun things that you do with your girls to help. I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking about the firearms, but we always like talking about the situational awareness <laughs> is key and yeah. probably the most important piece to this entire lifestyle. So what are some things that you do with your girls when you're leaving to help increase their situational awareness? So, um, one of the things that my husband suggested to me very early on I have a hard time with eye contact. I've always been, I'm not nearly as shy as I used to be, but I used to be really shy and I didn't want to like, just, just let me right. do my thing. And I don't want to look at you and you don't need to look at me. And so if somebody was looking at me, I would just look away. Like, I don't want to take up any space. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And my husband was like, predators sense that. And so if somebody's looking at you and you look right back at them, that makes you a little bit harder of a target. And so we play this game called creep out the creeper <laughs> where if, I'm writing that down, creep if out you, the creeper. <laughs> All right. Where if somebody's staring at you, you just stare <laughs> back at them and you just kind of put that pressure back on them. And it got, it was so awkward and so weird, but now it's this hilarious thing because it just puts that pressure sure. back on that person and lets them know that chick might be crazy, like not worth it. And so, um, we do that. And then as they've gotten older, we do things like, um, if we're at the car wash and I'm vacuuming, one of you is taking the rag and wiping down the front and one of you is taking down the back. And if somebody starts trying to walk up to the truck, you come and tell me. So nobody sneaks mm -hmm. up on me and surprises me. They love that. Cause they get to feel like, you know, they're helping out. And then we do things like 
we're going to go into this store. I want you to count how many men are wearing rings or how many men are wearing watches or big belt buckles or whatever thing. We just pick out a thing for that trip. And it usually has to do with the hands or the waist, because obviously if somebody's going to draw a weapon, huh. that's usually going to wow. be where it's from. And so they like to, they'll notice people's bracelets and rings and watches and belts and purses and things like that. And it's just a fun thing for them to look around and be aware of, but also it's just training mm -hmm. baby steps. And we talk about the different levels of situational awareness. And so the first time I had to take them to the mall by myself was a little nerve wracking because they're walking. I'm like clinging to both of their hands because it's the mall. Luckily, it's not the mall of the 90s, <laughs> but it's still the mall. And so we sat in the food court and I put us in this table that was in, in a corner and I explained to them why we do that. And they know at a restaurant that daddy's going to sit where he can see the door. Mm -hmm. That's just the rule. And they under, like they, we talk about why we do those things. And so we start looking around the food court and I point to some one person and I say, what level of situational awareness do you think they're in right now? Do you think they're in white, yellow? Obviously they're not in red because they're <laughs> eating their lunch. And, you know, they'll go, I think they're in white. And I'll say, why? You know, and we just talk about those things and why it's important to be at yellow and, you know, things like that. So we just look around and just notice the people around us. Because I have this theory that aside from keeping you safe, your situational awareness makes you a nicer person in the world. Because... If you're aware of everything going on around you, you're not going to park your grocery cart in the middle of the aisle and have a conversation with somebody to where right. nobody can pass you. You're not going to be on your phone at the check stand. It's Common just, courtesy. Right. Yeah. Makes you a better you know, person. Going back to these <laughs> levels of situational awareness, for people that aren't aware of what those levels are and how many levels can, do you feel comfortable like breaking those down? I mean, you were, you were saying white, yellow, red. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, there's four levels. There's white, yellow, orange, and red. White is like, I feel like most people walk around their lives in white. I am white at home a lot when my husband is home. Cause he'll walk in and scare me. <laughs> and he's like, you knew I was in the house, right? I'm like, I was totally on white. I was just sorry. <laughs> But um, yellow, so white's just totally relaxed. You just oblivious, head right. in the phone, anything can head sneak down, up on walking, you. Yeah, yeah, earbuds on when you're running, yeah. type, um, type thing. Yes, yellow is just calm awareness. You're aware. You know who is around you, who's behind you, how you feel about all those people. You know, you're just calm and aware. Nothing's going on. Orange is like that may be a threat over there, but I'm not sure yet. So I'm going to be extra alert, extra aware, assessing the situation. And red is like threat, right. you know, mm -hmm. avoid the threat. <laughs> I mean, awesome. I think everyone needs to, needs to understand the, those levels. And I think sure. it's so important. What I love is how you're having that conversation with your so daughters. As, right. Like just sitting at the mall, having lunch. Like I think... People think, you know, it, it is daunting, like talking about this stuff and getting into this lifestyle, but it's really in the end, having like very simple conversation mm -hmm. like that is, 
such an easy way to start introducing that. And also if people want, like I have a whole post on situational awareness. I break down all those levels. Um, there's charts and all that stuff. So if anyone wants to read up more about it, there's tips. Yeah. You can head to Stami Tactical to check it out. But I think like it's it's just so important to start those conversations early because I think that's how as they get older, they're going to start remembering those things. And I think, you know, like with like your kids, like seeing you putting the firearm away, they may not have any idea mm -hmm. like how to verbalize what you're doing, but all of those things, all those things are like getting ingrained into mm -hmm. the subconscious and getting into their head. So then at some point as they get older, yeah. they're going to remember, yeah, mom used to do that with me. Like mm -hmm. we used to have these conversations. I feel like I don't know. I remember growing up and like you, you were saying it, saying it to Megan, just about how like, you know, your parents would tell you like, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't do these things. And I remember also, there used to be a lot of after school specials, like on television that That's like, everyone was getting kidnapped when we were growing up. We've talked about this. I know, everyone was right? getting serial killed or kidnapped. But it's just like, <laughs> when we were kids, like those things would come on and my mom would like put me down in front of this. He was like, you have to watch this. Mm -hmm. And like, it didn't scare me, but it also was just like, it did make me like, I, I can say that now, I don't know about in that moment, but I realized like now right. that, yeah, I, it did make me realize, oh yeah, there are, th there's stuff going on. I may not fully understand it, but you know, I need to like be aware of whatever that is, mm -hmm. but I just don't know. Like, is it where are those conversations happening? If the parents aren't having those conversation with the kids and obviously, you know, after school specials, I don't think exist anymore. So, <laughs> I and I don't so know either. if like our teachers talking about that. Cause I don't know if, I think the most, like you're saying, like the schools are doing fire drills. And I think I vaguely remember mm -hmm. teachers talking about the whole, like, don't talk to strangers. But you know, if the, if that's the only context that a kid is getting any idea about a firearm is in an active shooter drill they're kind of controlling that narrative yes. to where it's, I feel like that would be a very scary, um, context to, mm -hmm. to put the firearm in. So like, if we don't control the narrative with our own children, someone else is going to form that narrative around firearms for them. And so that's why it is so important that we, that we do this mm -hmm. and, and we teach it to them in a safe, controlled you know, very responsible way because otherwise the only perspective they're going to have is something from that is, that would be very scary. Right. You know, when you're, the only time yeah. you ever heard about a gun is in an active shooter. Oh, well then I guess only bad guys are using guns mm -hmm. and guns are bad because bad people are using these bad guns. You know, right. I mean, I could definitely see why that could really start to shape a lot of kids view in a very negative way. I think that's why it's important yeah. to people like Julie Golub creating creating the books on firearm safety and teaching your kids about safety and having those those teaching tools available for parents because it is a a hard conversation to have and mm -hmm. tough to kind of navigate. I'm curious, Megan, so yeah. your daughters, do they have friends that come over? I assume they do. And yeah, so is do. there any conversation um, with like the mm -hmm. with like the parents or any concern? With them either knowing since if, if your since your husband is Elio, knowing that there are guns in the house, like how is that kind of conversation, does that conversation even happen as like from parent to parent say, you know? Yeah. So luckily, um, we go to a pretty small private school and there are a lot of law enforcement families at our school. Um, so we don't have to be quite as shady about it as we do 
um, out in real life, but um, there's this shift that has happened since we were kids where we're not really having a lot of kids just come and play at our house. It's like the mom also comes over because mm -hmm. I'm friends with my kids' friends' moms. And so they all know, they know me, a lot of them, you know, one of my best friends, her husband was in the army with my husband and now he's also a cop. So that's just, you know, we, we wear our Alexos and our American Freedom <laughs> Company clothes all together. And we're just, you know, we have, Love and life. Yeah. <laughs> we have matching, matching guns and it's just, it is what it is. But, um, before this stage, when they were in school and kind of in this little community, I was in a mom's group and somebody found out, I don't know if it was that my husband was a cop or that I am a concealed carrier or what, but she freaked out and she asked me not to come to her play date if I was going to be carrying. And then she kind of started spreading the word don't go to their house. And it was like, they're all locked up. I mean, we're not, I mean, my grandpa had right. guns laying around the house and we all knew not to touch them, but we don't do that. You know, these are little tiny, they're like two year old kids. We're not, yeah, we're not idiots. <laughs> but so that was such a weird thing to realize that there are still people who are just so freaked out by that. And I just was like, well, come and sit down and have a conversation with me. Cause Right. I'll yeah. show you. It's not scary. <laughs> yeah. It's it unfortunate though that it is. That, that happens. It I mean, is. I'm sure it happens yeah. on, on not just with people with guns. I'm sure other just general, especially today's age, like beliefs in, in different things that like sure. people are just being like, don't hang out with them because of this and that. And, and it's so unfortunate. I, but I think it's unfortunate too, when it's like happening, yeah. like in the mom groups and stuff like that, because really aren't you there to have, it's, it's really about your kids. Yeah. Well, and just trying to support each other. And so I left that group and found a group at our church. And Very good. That's what it's all about. People, so. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, I love it. Yeah. Well, Megan, we are so appreciative that you came on the show today and took time to go over these very valuable tips. I think a lot of women that are listening to this show are going to get so much information from this. Yeah, because there was these definitely especially some creep out the creeper. Like this is going in... I'm banking that one, and we are going to start yeah, playing creep out. I, feel like I think that's my like son a name is the one song, though, that naturally like, is going to creep out the creeper because he's the kid that will yell at you from across the parking lot, "Hi!" <laughs> and that's one thing that they taught us in self defense, like my self defense class in college, was be the weirdo, <laughs> say hi, and, and make big motions from yeah. across the parking lot so that they will just be like that person's weird. And that's already my son. He just naturally you know, waves at people. So, you know, that'll be a good, maybe that'll be a good instinct. That'll keep them nice. So and safe. if you're uh, listening or watching on YouTube, uh, we want to know how you creep out the creeper. You got to let us know. <laughs> yes. How do you creep out the creeper? DM us, leave it in the comments. We want to know how you're creeping out the creeper because we're going to turn this into a hashtag. We're going to get this trending. We're, we're moving this, this forward. this is how you do not end Excellent. up on Dateline. <laughs> exactly. You creep out the creeper. Well, Megan, exactly. thank you so much. We appreciate having you on. And for everyone else, uh, tune in next week. We've got another great episode. And be sure to like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. We 
Really appreciate your support. Well, we're going to be at YWLS yes, in, coming up uh, here mm -hmm. soon. So going to have a lot of fun guests who I'm sure a lot of people in this audience uh, know. Yeah, so and make sure you're following us on social yes. as well because we're going to have some fun stuff going on too. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see you guys next week. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexo Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexo Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.